Hey guys, it's Sarah. Quick programming note. We are going to start putting our episodes out on Tuesdays. Uh, They used to come out on Mondays and that happened when we were recording earlier in the week. Now that we're recording on Saturdays, it's just a lot of work to get them out um, that quick. So look for us on Tuesdays. They should be going out uh, first thing in the morning. So hope you can listen to them on your morning drive or morning walk or run or whatever you like to do. Um, Thanks to everyone for listening. We would absolutely love it if you would give us a review on iTunes. Um, It really helps us out. It helps us gain visibility and find new listeners and share us with a friend. If you have another mom friend or another friend who's interested in parenting topics and just listening to us ramble about other stuff sometimes, uh, we would love it if you would just um, share us with them and give give us a recommendation. So thanks so much. We appreciate it. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Sarah, the mom of a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And I'm Claire, the mom of an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. Hi, welcome to the middle of everything. It's Claire and Sarah. We have a guest coming in today, the wonderful Ashley Daly from Retro Den. Um, we're going to chat with her a little bit about some home ideas. I'm going to uh, try to get some free design advice that, out of her. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> really, we just invite our friends on and ask them things we want to know about. If, yeah. you, if you know, listeners of the podcast have now picked up picked yeah. up on this, and Sarah's got some some very specific advice she needs. I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna have her weigh in, um, and I'm actually I'm coming in hot with a topic today for you, Claire. Oh, great! And you don't know anything about it, so I'm gonna put you on the spot. Let's do it. Okay, so here here's my problem of the week. Respect. R e s e c t. This has become this has become a situation in my house. So. Uh, Bowie, my six and a half year old, has been just getting increasingly at home. And then I'll, I'll tell you why it came to a head this week. Just this like interrupting and demanding things of us, not being respectful of adults, having separate conversations. If he doesn't like the way things are going, we're getting a lot of eye rolls and arguing and just that that kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. So it, already this is on my mind. And then this week at the camp he was at, we were told by the camp instructor that he was being disrespectful to his teachers. So I immediately go into like, oh, oh we're taking care of this now yeah. mode. And so this is a thing you, I think, do a really great job at with your kids because they always, you know, I just think they – you know, they, they interrupt sometimes, but for the most part, I think they are patient and they wait their turn to speak and they mm-hmm. are cognizant of adults doing adult things and they're not going to be part of it. So I want tips, please. How did you do that? How did you tame your children? So first of all, I love that you think that. Right. <laughs> um, for sure, not always. Um did they give specific examples at camp of what he was doing? He swears that he has no idea what they're talking about. Oh, of course about. he doesn't. Right. So I know that there was one day that it, there were a couple other boys. They were getting rowdy. They were not following instructions. So he seemed to do better when he was not with one of these boys in particular. Um, so that's part of it. And then um, I, I just imagine it's general 
not following instructions, interrupting. He has a lot of questions and a lot of things to say and will always justify his behavior. And I think there was probably a lot of that if the teacher was asking him to do or not do something. Yeah. I mean, when I commit a crime, I definitely want Bowie on my side. Yes. Like, he is killer. Feature attorney. Totally. Yes. 100%. Um, Okay. What tip? I don't know that I have any life-changing tips for you, but I will say that the the hardest thing in the world for me and maybe for all parents is just like not giving in. Right. I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, like when my kids are interrupting, 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 the hardest thing in the world is to completely ignore them. Right. Like shut, like not give them one ounce of the attention that they're looking for in that exact moment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, even when you could, because even when you stop and get angry at them, but still answer their question or whatever it is that they wanted, Mm -hmm. ultimately they're getting exactly what, what they wanted. wanted. That's you know what, what I, I feel mean? like. I feel like we we had the conversations. We had – I mean, and I do think he got progressively better as the week went on at camp. Um, but he was still telling me, oh, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know why they would say that. And I'm like, well, I mean, she doesn't have any reason to lie to me about that. Right. So obviously something has gone wrong. So what I did last night because in a fit of – rage over or just, you know, just general, like, I need to nip this in the bud because here I am coming up on, we've got one week left of camp. Then we're going on a very long road trip with our children for a week. And then we're going back to school. So I'm thinking, I don't want this to continue through that road trip. I don't want it to continue when you go back to school. You got to pull us together. Right. So... I text my husband after we leave camp and I'm like, you need to go get towns from school. Bowie and I are going home to make a respect jar, which Mm -hmm. I just completely made up in that moment. Oh, tell me what that is. So we went home. I found a jar, wrote respect on the outside of it in marker and, you know, paper. Then he and I made a list of things that are respectful behavior and things that are disrespectful behavior. So he was feeding them to me and I was kind of shaping. So, you know, disrespectful, interrupting, arguing, um, you know, horseplay, hitting, which has also been a thing with he and his brother. Not Mm -hmm. He did hit a kid at camp, but the kid hit him first. So Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, And then respectful is, you know, being patient, did I say that backwards? I don't yeah, know. No, Whatever. No, I Being patient, um, waiting your turn, following instructions, sharing, kindness, you know, all yeah. those kinds of things. And so then there's quarters because I think we've talked before about how my kids respond well to quarters. So every time he does something respectful, a quarter goes in the jar. Mm-hmm. When he does something disrespectful, a quarter comes out of the jar. Mm-hmm. So we, we've already had we're, – we're already at zero. We had quarters mm-hmm. go in and mm-hmm. out last night. Um, I'm going to see if this works, but I like this just straight up ignore. Cause I think a lot of times I stop and I say, you need to wait, you know, right. and, and you try and you try and discipline them in the moment. But in, but as part of that, sometimes we, t- to continue our adult conversation, we'll right. do the thing that enables us to continue doing what mm-hmm. we want to do, but subversively that's giving the kid what right. they want to. Have you ever read, um, Love and Logic. I know that you are a yes. big fan, and I it's on my list, and I just haven't done it. But maybe this now's the time. I'd pick it up. Okay, I just do it. It um was it was it's funny. Our kid, one our youngest, Finn went to a preschool where it was that was pre reading. Oh, like let me just okay. let you know the summer before he started, 
all the parents got a copy of Love and Logic, and there were a couple, like, Q&A sessions ahead of time. They, were, mm-hmm. it, they weren't mandatory, but it was very clear, like, this is what we do. Right. And this is what we expect you to do. So the idea I'm, – I'm, people listening are going to know way more about this than me because I, you know, skimmed it years ago. My husband actually went to the classes that the preschool offered okay. on our behalf because um, schedule-wise that worked better for him. But anyway – I love it. The concept is – I love it because it's a philosophy that carries from, like, infant to teenager. Right. And it's about sort of not instituting artificial consequences. Right. Like, if if this happens, then you're going to – then this is, like, something that you'll get in trouble for right. or whatever. But rather natural consequences. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you talk to an adult that way, here's what that adult thinks about you. Mm-hmm. If that's the way you want an adult to think about you – then you should continue that behavior because that's I love you know it. and it's just really mm-hmm. being super transparent about like and so like when you say something to mommy that isn't true then I can't trust anything that you're saying mm-hmm. and so when I can't trust what you're saying then I have to check up on you and I have to ask the teachers about how your day is and I have to believe the teachers and I because what you've told me in the past hasn't been true and we don't have that trust right now or whatever. And oh so you're, my gosh, you're I'm taking these words. Yeah, you're just explaining to them the idea is like preparing them for adulthood in that right. way. You know yeah. what I mean? That like and that and this is nothing I, as your mom or dad, have any control mm-hmm. over. This is a natural consequence of that behavior. You don't have to wear your jacket today. You will get cold. Right. I don't – I won't get cold if you don't wear a jacket. Right. You will get cold. And I think I'm and good so, at it in those sort of like you lost your – like we've had a big situation with losing goggles this summer. I'm right. like, well, then you don't get to have goggles next time you go swimming. You know, and so I'm better when it's like a thing like wearing the jacket, losing the goggles. But yes. when it's the behavior, I've struggled with how to do that. So one, I'm going to read the book. To I like what you just said about explaining, like, now I don't trust you or, you know, I don't have that, you know, background. Or you're going to have to work to earn my trust back is probably a better way to say it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Less harsh. But (laughs) it talks talks you through, like, um, kind of just – and it – because our natural response is to go a little bit extreme, especially Mm -hmm. when our kids are really pissing us off. Yeah. To go to, like – Oh, you can't go to that birthday party. Well, the right. reality is I RSVP'd to that birthday party. Mm-hmm. That mom is a friend of mine and she's expecting us to be there and we're going to go to that birthday party right. no matter what. And that's not a natural consequence of you not mm-hmm. listening to me. A natural consequence of you not listening to me is I'm going to be angry and when you ask me for something fun to do tonight, I'm going to say no. Like right. that's – you know what I mean? So, And it doesn't really have anything to do with this friend who happens to be having mm-hmm. a birthday party this afternoon. So there's some, I don't know – right good ideas and insights there. Maybe we should kind of book club this a little yes. bit and talk about it because we also still, by the way, have to talk about the Enneagram. I know. I know you're Let's do dying. that next week. Yes, I know that's dying. our next one. So, okay. So next week we'll talk more on our favorite books. We, I just got a finger wave from outside the studio from our very special guest this week. So awesome. what do you say we take a quick break and come back with our friend Ashley Daly? Perfect. Okay. Here we are. We're back in the studio with our guest, Ashley Daly. Thanks, Ashley. Say hi, Ashley. I'm happy to be here. Yay. So uh, if you remember our 
fourth episode, I believe, was with the other Ashley from Retro Den. We decided to spread out our Ashley, so I had to space you guys out a little bit. Um, so this is Ashley Daly, the co-owner of Retro Den. And if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to that too, because we're going to talk a little bit about Retro Den today. But uh, uh, as we said in the prequel of this, a little more sort of styling and, and home advice, I mm-hmm. think, in terms of decorating with kids. But but the Retro Den story is super duper cool. And Ashley um, Palmer went into a little bit of detail about how they run their business and um, how th- they think about motherhood and being small business owners. And so I just really encourage everyone, if you haven't heard that episode yet, to go back and listen to that too. It's, it was 100%. a good one. She also says a lot of really nice things about me. So yes. go back and listen. <laughs> You guys are besties and you're in your business together, which is amazing. Okay, so do a quick um, tell us about your family. What are your stats? Yeah. Okay, um, I'm married (laughs) to a really nice man named Ryan Daly. He's got red hair. And we have a lovely little girl named Harriet Louise, and she'll be three at the end of August. So, and we have a dog named Walter who's. Walter's, Fluffy and wonderful. Walter's like Instagram famous too. He's I a think. good boy. Oh, so is Harriet. I feel yes. like with her cute clothes and her. Yeah. So she's Ashley good. does a wonderful job of making. I mean, you make like most of her clothes. Don't Not you? most of them, okay. but a lot of them. A lot. My rule as that she has to wear something vintage or handmade every day. <laughs> so I told Ryan, I was like, something vintage or something handmade. Does that make me sound crazy? No, it makes you sound fantastic. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, my kids wear vintage every day if you count hand-me-downs from like five years ago from the Gap. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that counts. I guess it's vintage. Sure. Right? But they're adorable, and she posts pictures of her. You do that on your personal Instagram. Yeah, my on personal one. Well, we do a few of them on the Retro Den account yeah. just to remind people yeah. that we have families and that yes. when they shop with us, they're helping us feed our families. That is that yeah. is a good thing. Absolutely. When you listen to our podcast, you're helping us feed our families. Not really. Not we don't yet. make money off of this. Someday. <laughs> we just want you to listen and tell people, tell other people. To Sarah's listen. like vision boarding. What is that when it's but oh, audio? Yeah. Like, yes. I don't yeah. know. Speak, speak, speak what you uh, want I'm, to I'm come manifesting. In. Manifesting. My, Thank you. Um, my vision. That's yeah. great. No. They're not eating yet. So, guys, we have to get this podcast going. <laughs> really hungry. Really hungry, adorable children. Um, okay. So, I, so Retro Den has been sort of an, I feel like, an institution for many years in Tulsa. But within, how many years ago did you guys sort of start doing the home styling side of your business? Like, when did that become a thing for you? I would say, so we've owned Retrodin for five years. About two years in, people started asking us if we could do home styling work. And we tried it a few different ways. And we felt we were like, oh, this is weird. We don't love this. We like the idea of it. And I think – so then we were like, well, we're not going to do this anymore. And then and then someone else asked us maybe a year later, and then that went really well. And I think we figured out how we like to do it because we don't do it like traditional interior designers. We don't come in and look at your space and then come back and like redo it for you. We like to – we give you homework up front. You tell us about like – what you want your life to be like in whatever room, maybe a lot of rooms. Mm -hmm. And we ask you a lot of questions and have you fill out like homework. And then there's, we have you make a Pinterest board, which sounds, I think that's the part everybody dreads. But it's like, it's really just a chance for you to put down like lots of pictures of things that you like. Mm -hmm. The more pictures, the better. And then we can go through those pictures and really get an idea of what it is 
you're drawn to. Like we had a client recently who in 80% of her pictures, she had a blue sofa. And we were we were like, you you like blue sofas. That's a thing. <laughs> you need to do that. Diagnosis. Right? <laughs> so I think obviously people are best able to tell us what they want. And that's a way for them to do it without feeling self-conscious. They pick out a lot of pictures. And then we also go through and read their responses. And then we come to your house and ask you questions, say, you know, what is – this piece mean to you? Why do you have this stuff this way? Can we look in your closets? Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. And then once we're kind of settled in, we just start arranging and moving things and we really leave you better than we find you. It's really fun. I love the idea of like shopping your own house. Too. Yeah. I mean, that's just, I try yeah. to do it, but it, then it's like you've seen your own stuff so many times you're kind of over it or you have a preconceived idea of where it's supposed to go. (laughs) So I think that's what's interesting is most of our clients are really stylish people. And when we come in, it's just that they want, they need someone to help them, to talk to them. And Ashley and I do that for each other. And that's, we remind ourselves, you know, everybody needs someone Mm -hmm. to like, to think about these things with and, and where are those people? Yeah. So uh, circling back around to sort of the kid end of things, how do you find that most people with kids, h- how does it change after you have kids? Have you ever done like a before and after? Like, you know, we, we may have helped you a few years ago, but now you have kids and things are different. Or how about your own house now that Harriet's up and mobile? and? So we haven't worked with a client before and after they've had kids. But um, as far as my house goes, we we also do home tours on our blog, mm-hmm. and there is this wonderful woman, Allison Lackner, who is an artist, and we took pictures of her home, and she had adorable little kid things in almost every room, and it matched her decor. Nice. It was – and her – she was very, like, colorful and, like, um, whimsical, like, tiny floral prints, mm-hmm. and she would just – she had things for her daughter – in every room. And it made me think a lot about how accepted that probably made her little girl feel and how welcome into the home. Uh, I think if you have the big, ugly, bright, plastic, loud things, then it's not unreasonable to want to hide those things or get rid of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the dog chewed that up. Yeah, totally. Just in favor of the life that you'd like to lead. We so I've started doing that. Like I have a little house uh, shelf. It's I don't I don't know. Maybe people used to sit tiny weird things on it. You know, like, like vintage tchotchkes. You know, mm-hmm. but I hung it down low in my dining room below the chair rail, and I'm having Harriet put her nature items on it because I think that's like a, a Montessori thing having a nature tray. But instead, she has like a little nature house shelf. I like it, and she loves rocks and leaves yeah. and she, dirt. So yes. she puts the, her things there. And then we, I shoved some blocks under, like some real pretty, like wood box in a wood container under uh, one of our coffee tables in the living room. And I love the idea of the nature shelf because that's a thing. Like we are constantly bringing home rocks and sticks and weird, you know, right. And then that limits the the number of those things because I feel like it it multiplies and you just end up with, I mean, we literally have bowls. Bowls are good for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a bowl of beads and a bowl of rocks in his room. And I feel like it's just never ending. So I love the idea of kind of, you know, giving it 
like a border as far as you know this is this is how many you can have if you if it runs you know if it gets too full then you need to pull something out or choose which one you want the best and what you pull out you can mail to a family member with a piece of your kid's artwork yeah yeah and that gets rid of both a piece of artwork and thank you (laughs) harriet who would you like to send this rock to who are we thinking of today Make it their Thanks. problem. Yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but also they love it, right? Yes. Right. Oh, totally no. Parents, Makes you feel good. Yeah, well, and then maybe they're not because, again, Harriet's maybe not quite to the age yet where she can then argue with you about the thing or beg you to – you know what I mean? Because we've got a little bit older kids where then it becomes – you know, but they do have a different outlook. I feel like when they're giving it, yeah, to, um, it, because a lot, a lot of that, I, I, in my kids, I, I see like this tendency to hold on to things. They are, mm-hmm. they have hoarding tendencies. Hundred percent. But it's, um. It's over things. It's not necessarily over things that have like monetary value. It's over mm-hmm. things that just at some point were important to them. And I know that he hasn't looked at that piece of art in three years right. since he made it when he was in preschool. But he has a sense, and I'm sure this is passed on from me um, because, of course, you know, I have tendencies to want to hang on to mm-hmm. their adorable things too. But he has this sense that like it still would be bad to throw that away. And, um, I, you know, I've been reading Marie Kondo, so I'm very much, like, trying to, you know, spark joy. change sp- change my <laughs> outlook on the way I see things and only keeping things that spark joy. The problem is that my kids' art sparks a whole lot of joy it for does. me. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, when they see that, like, to throw something away feels like you're devaluing it, to give it away right. feels like, okay, somebody else... I mean, they ultimately throw it away, but in the act of giving it to them, like they're getting to experience it. They know I'm thinking about them. Right. I'm showing like I'm demonstrating generosity. And if even if they look at that and they're like, oh, that was so sweet that they sent that to me and then they throw it away. It was still there was still like some act that happened there. Right. Some, some meaning to it. Meaning. You gave some like something constructive to do with the act of getting rid of something. Yeah, I love that. I'm doing that today yeah. when I get home. Go back. Like, yeah, kids like mailing things. Absolutely. absolutely. Take them down to the post office. They can pick out stamps. My kids Ooh. love to pick out stamps, you guys. It's a thing. Interesting. Yeah, Scooby-Doo right now. It's oh, they have it, Scooby-Doo stamps? Mm-hmm, right now. What? Limited edition. Yep, make that happen. Good Don't to wait. Go today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Sarah has some specific. We, okay, we were so joking. sort of on that topic about you know the kids' things being in each room. I am currently in this year-long mental debate with myself: playroom with all the kids' stuff in it versus having the stuff out and about in the house. Because you so, have a space for a playroom. Tell me where the so, playroom would be. So currently, the way our house is, and Claire, you've been in my house. Ashley, you have not. Although I do want you and Harriet to come over and play because I think she and Towns could be best friends. We would love to. <laughs> and then maybe you can tell me what you think about my playroom. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Mostly I just want Harriet to come play. It, it's kind of a large, like the, the kitchen and then sort of like our casual TV room And then we have sort of a sunroom, which since we moved into that house five years ago, has been basically the kids' playroom. It's all open, though. There's no walls. It's basically all one big space. Because when they're little, you want them around and you want to be able to, like, see what they're doing while you're cooking dinner. And someone could be doing something dangerous or doing something they're not supposed to be doing. And, you know, they just – you need to be able to see them when they're little. So now my kids are six and three. They're about at the point where they can play together 
I don't need to see what they're doing all the time. And I'm kind of tired of having all this stuff in my living space. And it's, just, it's always messy. Now we have this puppy and the puppy's dragging things out and chewing them up. Because just to be clear, even if even if you made that like or agreed that that was your kid play space, you still don't have any walls. So like if we're in the kitchen having a glass of wine or you something, can see the train table. it's still going to be open to that area. Right. And so, so, I mean, we have, you know, Ikea containers and there's there's places to put everything, but inevitably it's exploded all over the room 90% of the time, right? Mm-hmm. So in the back of the, not in the back, but our, all of our bedrooms are down one hallway, including a room that is currently has been my office. I really don't need a whole room to be my office. I'm only in there max a few hours a week. And half the time I end up sitting with my laptop on the couch because it's more comfortable. Anyway, I could easily move that desk out. So my thought has been to make that office the kids playroom. So I started kind of did a slow test run with Legos because you're not there yet, girl, or maybe you are, but Legos are a thing. (laughs) And they are so, there are so many and they're so tiny and they're everywhere. Claire has a whole Lego room at her house. It hurts to step on them. It does. So much. So, so much. And now we have a dog that the puppy could swallow. And this was before the puppy, but he previously had, they were all over my dining room table all the time. So we could never do anything in the dining room. And they're always in like some stage of construction. Mm -hmm. So moving is always an issue. Like what we were finding is we were letting our kids build, let's say on the kitchen table Mm -hmm. and they get to some point and we would need the kitchen table how rude of us I mean imagine and so then like moving a half-built structure plus getting all the parts and Mm -hmm. getting that reset up in some other location it was a thing so god bless Ikea we have some really cheap and cheerful desks in our in our lego room now and our kids have pull out drawers and we have a lego room and it's it was what would be an office, but Josh and I don't really work from home very much. And so it worked out. It's it's off. It's like mm-hmm. past the laundry room and like a far away corner. And the boys feel really special because they have a Lego room. And I feel really special because there's not Legos in, everywhere in my house. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. So anyway. Yeah. So context. I don't know. What do you think? Are you team playroom? Are you team keep it out in the house? Are you, I mean, you, you and I like the way you phrase that when you're talking about, you know, this makes her little girl feel welcome and she puts the pretty toys out. But when you've got... You so know, I think that there are some toys that are just going to be a mess, like Legos or Harriet just colors a lot. So we have a lot of colored mm-hmm. pencils that just weirdly the end up everywhere. Is such a thing. And mm-hmm. I think it makes sense that if your children are going to be like building things all the time, that they have a place they don't have to take it down and put it back up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that, that that makes a lot of sense. And it keeps it. Away. I remember when my parents used to have, we'd have people over when we were kids and my mom would have us clean the whole house, but we never had to clean our rooms. She was like, yeah. we can just shut the door. People don't have the right to see everybody's room. Yeah. You know, and I think that's nice for your kids to have a space that's theirs. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe I feel that way about her room. I also think Ryan and I are messy people and we're trying to teach. We're like, she's going to learn how to be a slob from us. And so we, yeah. he and I are trying to learn not to be as messy. And I think a lot of that for us is getting rid of things. I always joke that we're not like responsible enough 
to get to have a lot. <laughs> you know, like we have four plates that we eat off of because if we had 12, we would use all of them and they'd all be in the dish, like in the sink, dirty. Right. Um, and then we would clean them. And so if it's four, you know, you have to clean them fewer every dishes. Day. Um, so we're working on that with Harriet. I think we're going to try to instill some rules and. I don't That's know, smart. guys. How how do they have to be to tell them they have to clean up their things? Um, <laughs> We're still working on it at six. I mean, yeah. the, he'll again bribes. I, I bribe with quarters. <laughs> so I think it is. Um, it, that's an interesting question because our eight year old is fully capable of doing anything basically an adult human can do, except for maybe like metabolizing alcohol and driving. Like, I mean, he is, there's nothing he could not do if he wanted to. The issue is that he's just not, like, you ask him to clean his room, you'll walk, I mean, he's a master. It'll look beautiful. And then you open the closet and it's that comical, like, Uh just things (laughs) falling out. Um, So... Yeah, that's a good question. I think it probably depends on the kid. I have some friends whose kids are just and 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 this is an interesting like personality trait. Like like you said maybe about you and Ryan and I feel I'm a little bit like I have hoarding tendencies. I don't want to be, but I just do. Like I have to consciously fight that. Um I think some kids are just precise and tidy. My younger definitely has more of those instincts. My older is like perfectly happy like if you were to look in his bed he sleeps on a top bunk periodically I'll like peer over and there's so much stuff that he is sleeping (laughs) with just stuff like he'll there'll be action figures and books and art drawing like drawing pads and pens and I mean it's not like it's there and then when he goes to bed they're out like he's like sleeping with this stuff right so he is just way more comfortable in a environment where there's things. Constant state it doesn't bother. It doesn't bother him, <laughs> yeah. right? So that's a long way to answer. I think they're capable of doing a lot, but but Will their they? personalities start mm-hmm. to come out and like the way that they want their own spaces to be and feel. And mm-hmm. so I do. I mean, of course, you can't be gross. Like we have to wash your sheets and we have to take everything <laughs> out of your bed every once in a while. But if you like to sleep with hard plastic <laughs> things in your bed like who am I to tell you like right. you, like you do you you know so it's not what I would like to do but but your kids don't climb in your bed then my ta- my three-year-old has brought like a plastic dinosaur Mm-mm. into my bed and then no. I roll over on it and I'm like no. what I mean like a huge plastic dinosaur has gotten tossed over the side of my bed before silent head shaking from Ashley and Claire yeah. right now uh-uh. no way I think that that's why we're going to try to instill, like, a habit for all of us, adults and children included, Mm -hmm. to, like, go through our things every spring. And, like, I don't know, right when we bought RetroGen, I became, like, I'm I'm a minimalist, and I got rid of so much stuff, and it felt so good, and I was talking about it to everyone, and... Five years later, I have so much stuff again, (laughs) and my house, I can't keep my house clean, and it's gross yeah so i think that maybe we all harriet ryan and ashley all have to go through our things and i love them I, away did you listen and... to our um birthday episode where claire talked about they do christmas eve eve where they purge and then we decided we're going to start doing birthday eve eve 
and purge. Yeah. I love that idea. It's a fun idea just because, like, the kid, again, just making it easier on them. Like, they're in a mindset of what's coming next, which I don't love that, but it is what it is. Like, they know Santa's coming. So they're – it's, we've just found it's a much more productive day of all the days to get them to think about mm-hmm. what they're going to donate and give to another kid that maybe doesn't have nearly what they have. Right. And so we have those conversations and it's worked out well. I was going to ask Ashley because you mentioned that after having Retrodon for a few years, that pendulum kind of swung back. And I have to tell you what I imagine is that you guys are out there finding the coolest stuff to put in Retrodon, but like the very, very coolest stuff clearly ends up in your house like that's in my <laughs> mind you're you're ha- and I, I know that you guys have cool houses because you post them on insta um pictures or whatever when you're doing new things but how hard must that be to like have something that you find in whatever way you guys source your art furniture whatever fall in love with it and then put it in the store and let somebody else take it home versus trying to find the perfect spot in your house I don't know if that's a struggle for you but it in my mind it would be so when we bought the store we met someone that had been in the in the business for I don't know 20 30 years Mm -hmm. and he said you will either become a minimalist or a hoarder and that's when I I thought I'm going minimalist because yeah. I have anxiety and I cannot live with tons of stuff. I could see it getting to where yes. I couldn't walk, you know, yeah. and I, but I can't let that happen. So that's why I went with minimalism. But I, I do collect things. It's very difficult. We get a lot of I like chairs. Mm-hmm. You just can't have. A million chairs in your home. I have a chair problem. They're as well. so I can great. Relate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, like, as far as the store goes, like, our goal is to only have things we would put in our home mm-hmm. there so that we feel good when someone walks out the door with something that we have, like, made their home a better place and not just um, sold them stuff. Right. But is it so. hard to put it in the store and not in your home? It is hard. It is hard. But I'm, I just try to always tell myself that there's always more stuff. Mm. There's always more stuff in the world, and if my biggest problem in five years or ten years is that I didn't save that adorable, tiny, floral chair, then my life is going really well. I remember you saying that to me. And that calms me down. I was in there. I I think it was probably a chair, and I was like, I really want this chair, but we don't have any money right now. I'm like, I'm just like so distraught about it, and you said, there's always going to be another chair, Sarah. (laughs) And I always think of that whenever I'm... Because I, I see stuff all the time on your Instagram or in the store, and I'm like, oh, I want that. But there's our always backyard more. just <laughs> took all our money. So it's like, yeah, I love that philosophy. Like, there's always going to be another thing later that you know might might be just as cool or cooler at some point. So when you're styling in somebody's home, other than that great advice you gave Sarah about there, you know, there's always going to be something else if that if that's not mm-hmm. in your either budget or plan or whatever for right now what other like what other nuggets do you hear yourself repeating like is there a thing that you're just like you f- you see people doing you know maybe not all the time but like a com- a common mistake people make or a com- mistake even sounds too judgy that's not the mm-hmm. word i want to use but like a common problem people are having that you walk in and you're just like try this the, you know, a lot of times or you we walk in and we talk about most of the things in a room with people. And I think 
the people that have us over are typically looking to like we're always pushing having things with meaning or having things that like have history and so mm-hmm. I feel like they're having us over for a reason because they connect with our philosophy and so typically I think that people will have things that they've bought at big box store or that have been given to them uh, for their wedding, you know, and they feel like they have to keep it or they feel like they had to put something on their mantle. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a friend that he um, bought a new house and then he went to a popular big, big box store and bought <laughs> all of his knickknacks. And I – was a little bit furious because <laughs> I was like, hey, dude, I own a store yeah. that has a lot of really cool stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, places are copying now, making like new versions of. And right. obviously the piece that has history is more cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's maybe what we see a lot of is helping people because their room is beautiful, but they had us over for some reason. I think it's because they were wanting to elevate what they are doing mm-hmm. and like surround themselves with things that maybe like have more of a story and help them see themselves each day um you know i remember in tasha's episode you're talking about how you can buy macrame at like right you know anywhere now but you can't buy macrame that the rope is sourced from like a good place you know and it's dyed by tasha with flowers from her garden Mm -hmm. it was watered from rain in oklahoma (laughs) and um woven with her hands that have the history of like so many generations of our past oklahomans Mm -hmm. and on a stick that someone named ivory dug out of arkansas river and brought to my store and like there's just something more to that that you've you've bought this like macrame that supports someone having a happy life, mm-hmm. someone that you're gonna see at the grocery store, mm-hmm. um, someone that you know pulls up at the stoplight with you. I love to think about it that way. Just you know, let each item have some meaning, or, or you know, as many as you can. And you know, that was one thing she said too. You know, it, you know, fit your budget, fit your you know, if, if if you can only afford a very small piece of that, then great. If you can afford one of the big giant things that goes over the whole wall, or wonderful. Make your, make or your make your own, own. exactly. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think that's it. Also, probably speaks to kind of this like phase phase of life conversation. I think we've had on the pod mm-hmm. before too, which is like. There's a point where you just have nothing in your adult life, in most of our adult lives, right? Like we're starting out, we're, and then, and and maybe you are relying on hand me downs, on gifts, on whatever that the thing is that helps you in that moment. And then, you know, if you're lucky, a lot of us, you know, as we age, um, <laughs> have more time and more means and a, and more clarity around what our style really is and what we really love. And mm-hmm. then the idea that like over time people like Ashley or if you have a really designy friend like I do like Sarah or whoever can kind of give help you pa- chart that path for like what it is that you really love and then having the patience to Understand you don't have to go out in one day and fill your mantle, maybe. I don't know. Um, But maybe, like, you can take a year and 
everywhere you go think of I wonder if they have something here that would be good on my mantle you know mm-hmm. and the, and that like that's something that for me has come in my 30s and it was not a perspective I had in my 20s <laughs> and then it's the journey you get to remember too when you look at the things in your home I would like to note though that I think that even people with like hand-me-downs or that need to buy their things at thrift stores, I think that everyone can have a really put-together home. Absolutely. We work with people that have no budget and people that have – we've been very fortunate to have some really higher-budget clients lately, and it's so much fun to help them spend their money by buying things that are made by wonderful humans, and it'll make their home feel better. But I also think that people that, you know, don't have a budget can – can have a beautifully curated space yeah. by by going to thrift shops or mm-hmm. making things. You can find your own driftwood. You can right. get some string from an estate sale. You can watch the YouTube video and learn how to make a macrame thing yourself. I think everybody um, can have that. Right. Yeah. You know. Well, and part of what I think. You know, people, you know, kind of what we were talking about both just now and last week we talked about it some with Brooke is that your house changes, too, as your life changes, as your kids get older. I mean, that's what I'm, you know, kind of working through. You know, we bought the house five years ago. We had a one year old and needs were different. And now we've sort of evolved and just be willing to constantly change that. You know, I mean, I, I move my stuff around just for my own entertainment sometimes, but then a lot of times it's a legitimate need. You know, I'm getting ready. My kids have decided they love sleeping together. So we're getting bunk beds, you know, I mean, and so that kind of rearranges. I saw your Ikea catalog. We got ours too. Yeah. For for that kind of stuff where I'm like, I don't know how long they'll want bunk beds. So I'm going to buy the Ikea ones because in their lower, which that's a thing. But anyway, you know, just there's like, you know, but when I get those bunk beds, that means like both my kids' rooms get completely rearranged, which might impact the potential Mm -hmm. toy Lego room, which might impact, you know, it's just like you're constantly changing your space to fit your needs. And I mean, even just things as small as like my older son was really into trains. So we had the train table with all the time we did. But we did just a low Ikea coffee table that he could put the trains on. My younger son has not jumped into trains. I don't know if he will. We boxed them all up. We didn't get rid of them, but we just put them in the garage because until we left a few out. So if he wants to start asking about them. He knows they're available, but we put all the track away. We put all that stuff. But now that table's full of dinosaurs because he's mm-hmm. more into dinosaurs. You know I mean? So it's like, and then eventually that table, like we have a little art table that is now too small for definitely my six-year-old and probably my three-year-old because he's kind of a giant. But so we need to get a bigger art table and that's going to have to go in a different place. And, you know, it's just like you constantly have to move it around. And Especially with children. Yeah. I was thinking you all had told me we were going to talk about like children and design. And I was thinking about my whole, you know, kid things in every room that matches your decor. And I couldn't have done that as well when Harriet was little because – I was remembering, like, when she was tiny, I was worried about her, like, grabbing a plant and pulling it on herself or eating it or, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know what your children, what their thing will be. She tried to eat the rocks out of my fiddle leaf fig Mm -hmm. tree that now lives at Retro Den. (laughs) Um, I think it could come back now. But, yeah, things change as you – I still Can't have most of my breakable items are high. They're up high on the mantle on top of the piano. And anything that's on a coffee table or something they can reach is 
a book or it's made of wood or something that they isn't breakable, you know, and then you, you know, I've gone to my friend's houses that have older kids and all the breakable stuff's down low and she's, and I'm like, oh my God, kids don't touch it. But you know, you're, you're constantly moving and changing and, you know, you know, in a few years, Harriet may be so into the ugliest plastic toy ever and and it's it's the worst thing ever when you realize i had this vision of all these beautiful wooden design friendly toys and I am very averse. I, I t- like characters. I can't with that stuff. But they they're into it. And Lightning McQueen is a thing in our house, and it's just around, you know. But it makes them happy. Yeah, it's sweet to see them choosing. Yes, and you feel like you're seeing their personalities. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would just make them keep it in their room. I'm, I'm that, again, that's part of my debate. And because right now we don't keep a lot of kids in the toys rooms because, I mean, in their, <laughs> we don't keep kids in the toys <laughs> Or that. We don't keep toys in the kids' room or very many because they're all out. So we might have a few stuffed animals and, of course, books. But now there were, again, the whole rearrange. You know, the, some of this stuff can go back in their room and we'll have more space with the bunk beds. And... So this is – okay, so this is maybe a thing. So my kids love to be in their room. Your kids have all their, their stuff rooms. in their rooms. They have yeah. all their stuff in there. And so I think um, – and, and I think one informs the other. Like mm-hmm. I think because all their stuff that they want minus the Legos um, because they share those and they're in the Lego room. Right. Um because their stuff is there, maybe they like to be there. And then because they're there, their stuff kind of stays yeah. there. I mean, not to say they don't bring things out into the living room. They do. We try and make them take them back every night. You right. know, whatever widgets came out. We were like, okay, you're going to bed. Take your stuff back. But they're fun plate. Like their bedrooms, I, I guess, kind of like I was talking about before with the overstuffed bunk bed. Like it's got their things that they love and want to do. Yeah. And now that my oldest is like – too cool for school he sits in his room and like listens to music and Mm -hmm. while he's drawing comic books or whatever like there he's you know he's listening to imagine dragons mom like don't don't bother me while my everyone my jams are playing with an eight-year-old six to eight-year-old kid was at that concert last week oh my gosh there were so many people there with their kids so so i think i don't know that that's the not, not that you have a problem we're trying to solve, but like a way to think about yeah. it is maybe maybe there is no third space. Yeah. Maybe it's their rooms become the playroom too. Maybe you only keep out the things you would enjoy seeing your Which child do. <laughs> like I love seeing her make artwork, so mm-hmm. I'm happy for that to be a mess. And I like hung little um, brass plant holders up on the wall and I put her like crayons on it you know and it's a great idea yeah it's sweet and it's pretty um but yeah all of her stuffed animals are in a big trunk in her room yes because I you know I found when I moved the lego table to the back he doesn't play with it as much because he wants to be and again I have a very social chatty six-year-old so I'm like, is he going to just walk back and forth to his room and ask me questions every 10 seconds if he's playing back there? Or is he just going to mm-hmm. stop? And then do I want him to stop? You know, because that's part of it. You you sort of want to be around him while they're playing. But I think we're getting to the point where they're a little more independent. And I yeah. don't 
need to be involved but he does he draws all the time and i'm okay with the art table i do need to get a bigger one because he falls out of the chair now and i guess i mean if if your child wants to be with you and play legos then maybe that's a conversation you can Mm -hmm. have i i love being with you you clearly want to be around me when you play legos we're going to put this long bench long low bench in this corner and here's a basket of your legos you can leave anything out on it, but nothing can be on the floor because your dad will step on the pieces yes. and yell, and I don't want to hear it. And, right. so. and say cuss words. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I have this vision. And whine about it for a long time. When, he, when we first got all the Lego, or, you know, we, we kind of eased into it, but when, when the Lego really, you know, became a thing, I was I bought these trays, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to have a project tray. Like, if you're uh-huh. building the Batman thing, it can go on this tray. If you're building the whatever, wasn't that a pretty vision yeah. I had? Yeah, it was like Doesn't an episode. Happen. Yeah, it does not happen. They just go everywhere, and there's, like, two things left on the tray. This reminds me of that Nailed It show on Netflix. Oh, my God. We're obsessed with that show. Like, what Sarah thought Lego projects were going to be like for her and what reality is. Yeah. So I'm picturing this long, low, like, (laughs) beautiful wood bench, bench, right? Like, in a corner in your kitchen or in your dining room. right. And the rule is you keep it on there, and the moment you don't, like, or maybe you get three chances – to, to learn and then it's gone. Yeah. The you other have thing, the, or you could earn it back. That mm-hmm. reminds me that Ashley said um, is somebody, I, I can't remember if I heard this maybe on another podcast, but this idea of like scarcity mm-hmm. is also a thing with kids. So, like you mentioned that maybe um, Towns isn't super into the train table right now, but you want to keep it because it, 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 first of all, it costs real money and he might mm-hmm. be into it someday or whatever. This idea that if you could find a place to to put some of this stuff away so it's not in their line of sight. Then when it comes out, it's, like, cool and new. Oh, my gosh. And then you can swap out. Like, maybe it's Lego Bench for the next six months, and then the Lego Bench goes away, and then there's another thing. Mm -hmm. And it's just this, like, idea – or not. I mean, if they love it. But do you know what I'm saying? So it's not just all out all the time. So we had – oh, a month ago – there was like a mom and dad breakdown where there were toys all over the place. And we said, if it, whatever is not off this floor in five minutes is going in a box and it's going away. And they didn't. They ignored us, didn't pick it up. We walked around and picked up two boxes worth of toys and put them in the garage. They, we told them they were get, we were giving them away. We forgot about them. But <laughs> what? Were they crying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. It was, you would have thought... <laughs> That the dog died. or I mean, it was so dramatic. Like, they were wailing and sobbing, both of them. I mean, because it was both of their toys. It was both of their stuff. So we put it away. Honestly, we kind of forgot about it for a couple months. And then Grant was moving a bunch of stuff around to get something out of the attic and move them to a location where the kids can now see them. The last week... It has been like a treasure box. Every time we get in and out of the car, Town says, I need to go get a toy, Mom. He goes to that box, pulls the thing out, and it's like a brand new thing. I mean, it's like, and he just, it's so funny because it's like, just he knows it's right next to where the car is just for the moment because we need to move stuff around. But yeah, so there's all these things that he hadn't seen in a month and it's like, now it's his most favorite toy and ever. And it's free. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, I am I think we need to start doing like a rotation. And it doesn't always have to be stuff. that dramatic. I mean, it sounded like in that moment it did it, need to be that dramatic. Did. But yeah. I'm just saying like, <laughs> like just generally speaking, not even giving them the choice, just saying like, okay, I'm, you know, if you notice like yeah. they're not playing with 
you know, the Lightning McQueens, like mm-hmm. if they're not a thing anymore because now minions are a thing or whatever, you put those away and then maybe when Cars 14 comes out <laughs> in a couple months, I don't know, whatever, like you bring out the Lightning McQueen and then, you know, it's like, yeah. a, you know, it, it's new and exciting things. and yeah. I think too, um, I remember reading something about how if kids are given items that look like like a, so play food if you're given a little green bean can that robs them of the chance that, and this is going to sound like hippie no, to be no, bullshit please. right I it love this. it robs them of the chance of taking a block and pretending it's the can yes and then that block could also be a sofa for a little doll mm-hmm. and it could be a tree in your train set area mm-hmm. and so I like I like thinking about I find a, a lot of pride in boring my child, you know, <laughs> and part of me feels like if toys being everywhere is a problem for me, I maybe just need to get rid of a lot of things, too. And that I do hear you on the like, this could be a very traumatizing thing. We're young. She's still young. She's three. I have have perhaps overly optimistic dreams of like getting rid of things like we have a habit Ryan I've been getting rid of it without her knowing but I'm sure the older she gets we have to include her and think about who we can give them to we have a lot of younger friends you know it's time to pass things on um I think that's in Ryan and I's nature too so I'd hope it would be in hers Mm -hmm. you know and I know she's young but well and do you really like her to be bored guys she'll go like roll in the mud and that's all she really wants to do yeah so i think this is a great time to take a quick break because i want to come back and talk to you about that because i know you garden with harriet and it's a mini passion of mine too and my boys are not into it as much but i love seeing and hearing about harriet in your garden so let's take a quick Mm -hmm. break and come back and talk outdoor play a little bit with ashley thanks for listening you can find us online at themiddleofeverythingpodcast.com, on Instagram or Facebook at The Middle of Everything, and on Twitter at T-M-O-E Podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to review us on iTunes. It helps. Thanks. Bye. All right. We're back with Ashley. And I, um, one of my favorite things on your Instagram is looking at pictures of Harriet out in your garden. So, um, we'll, and we'll link up to all of, all of the things, Mm -hmm. um, from the show page, but I am an, I'm going to say avid, but still learning gardener. And I uh, predominantly am doing veggies. So I've got a couple for my birthday a few years ago. I asked, um, my men folk for raised beds, um, and that also have cages to keep the critters out, and they're wonderful. And so I'm doing you know, tomatoes and strawberries and zucchini and all my things. You have some giant zucchini. I do have some <laughs> giant zucchini. I mean, I can grow them, girls. Um, but I, what I love, and what I, you have me now thinking about, is growing flowers in my backyard, like as a I mean, we, I have plants like as part of my landscape, but the idea of like cultivating and growing wildflowers to be picked, to be cut, to be brought inside. Um, I love that idea. So I want to, number one, ask how long you've been doing that. And then number two, say, was it like natural that Harriet was out there with you participating or was that something you kind of like encouraged in, you know, her, her to join you to do? Yeah. So I've been growing flowers 
I don't know, five years. Okay, a long um, time. But not it's, – it started – a friend of mine's mom just gave me some of her zinnia seeds because if you let them dry on the stock, then you can reuse them. I tried being that handy one year, and I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to leave them that mm-hmm. ugly for that long. Yeah. Um, so I just buy a new pack every year. <laughs> but Carla taught me that it's that easy to just rough up your dirt, toss the seeds in, rough up the dirt again, and kind of keep it watered for the first couple weeks. And then I don't water mine. There are people that water their like wildflowers a lot during the summer, and they are very beautiful flowers. Wow. Um, but I pride myself on not watering because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm – Well, it's a thing. A we live in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. um, and so – but they still grow wonderfully and I have a whole lot in my backyard and go pick now. And the more you cut them, the more they grow. And, you know, with gardening, whether it's vegetables or flowers, it's you learn new things every year. The weather is always different and you just have to have this like non-attachment but hope yeah. about your garden. That's a great way you to know? describe it. Because yeah. you may not get the cucumbers. You may not yeah. get, like, this year was a really weird summer. And Ours has my been flowers have had a hard time. Non-productive this yeah. summer. But um, that's partially our own fault, too. So, so with Harriet, um, the wildflowers are just, it's just not a big deal. Yes. And I'm not worried about controlling her there. Yeah. And I do have to tell myself a little bit, like, like now she likes to cut them, and I get a little bit anxious where I'm like, I don't want you to cut them really short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have an um, opinion. That Ooh. doesn't come across in the Instagram photos. Right. So, but I, so I'm trying to teach her to cut lower down. But if she cuts them really short, we have some tiny vases mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, sit them on her drawing table, and she, oh, like, like she decorates cuts, them. She cuts the, the, the stem. stem short. I was yeah. thinking, like, no, aren't you supposed to cut it short? Like, I was thinking – Right. Close to the ground. You're saying no. the actual flower in her hand is adorably be, tiny. Yes, yeah. it's so short. Okay. And I'm like, baby, it, it's like. I love the way you cut that. Let's try leaving the stem longer. <laughs> I'm like a little lower, a little lower. Yeah. Um, love it. And her like kid scissors can't can't cut, so yeah. she has to use my big scissors. Um, anyways, she it's it's just nice. It's nice to be outside. She yeah. loves the outdoors. I think I've encouraged it a little bit, but she just really likes. Mm-hmm. being outside and she yeah. likes getting dirty and uh ryan and i both like her doing that right it's yeah. fun and we can hose her off and mm-hmm. we think it's really funny and it's very simple and almost well the mud is free yeah so <laughs> is there anything better than just like a sweaty muddy child no like, you know what i mean it's yep. just i i think of some of my favorite days or i mean we we, we camp we like to have the boys you know yeah. um be just out in the backyard that was like a that was an epiphany day for me i when i realized like i was fine with them being outside without me i mean i love being outside too but sometimes right. you got shit to do right and so i'd be like inside folding laundry or something and they'd be Rah! and i just be like, get outside go yeah right? shut the door like that was such a fun because of everything you're talking about it's those feelings of like not the entertainment is less active but no less awesome mm-hmm. you know you i just, mean less active meaning like i did less to like instigate that play right um but they end up having a great time so i did some fundraising for us uh, before i owned retro den um uh, for a, a natural playscape playground once and i did a lot of research because if you want to get money you have to have 
uh, scientific research to back up why you think something's a good idea. And there's just so much uh, science behind how good being outside is for you, how like looking at trees for a certain amount of time can actually lower your anxiety levels and your stress levels and increase your memory. And so I just feel like a really good mom (laughs) when I force my child into the mud and... That's yeah. just such a good feeling to feel like a good mom. Yeah. yeah. Get out there and make Doesn't your own just... fun, kid. <laughs> and so, right? Yeah, you're, you're like, like... I have such a great mother. Yeah. <laughs> so another thing about being a great mom is taking time for yourself sometimes. <laughs> we were talking about this on the break, but um, Sarah had made this comment to me that she was like, I feel like Ashley and Ryan do a really good job of trying to carve out time where they're making, you know... Their and then he showed up at the there. studio with you this morning. <laughs> and, then, and then we're like, so where's Harriet? And yeah. you were like, she's with my parents, right? Your parents? Uh, my in-laws. My, your in-laws. Yeah. Okay, great. So why don't you kind of talk to us about that, about your philosophy and 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 how often you guys try and get away from the kiddo um, to have some couple time? Yeah. So you said that to me, Sarah, that you thought we were good at that. And I had to like take a pause. But we, I, we are, I guess. We act, try to have her stay at my in-laws maybe even every weekend, like a night. Mm -hmm. She likes to spend the night over there. I try – my – Ryan's grandparents have moved in with my in-laws for a moment because they've just moved to Tulsa. So I'm I'm a little more tentative about her – I don't want them to feel overwhelmed having a lot of house guests. But it seems like it's going well. So she's starting to stay over again. And – I don't know. We just find it's just so fun to be together and by ourselves. And it's so fun Mm -hmm. to, I just really like him. It's, you know, (laughs) it's nice to not have responsibility and to sometimes we'll go have dinner and stay out talking really late. Or sometimes we will get food like last night and just go right back home and sit on the sofa and not have to put anyone to bed and watch TV till late. And stomp into our bedroom and no one's going to wake up and flush the toilet. Uh, our toilet's really close to her room. So sometimes we'll like feel like we shouldn't. Um, so I feel like the mark of a like totally like the, the, the freedom is when you wake up and your kid isn't there. And I mean that with all the love in my heart. But oh, like yeah. for us who don't have grandparents in town, it took us a really long time because like for us to – our kids to go stay, it meant like being like out of town. Like it was like a thing. Right. And so it took a while. But now when they're spending the night at somebody's house or – you know, and that's the other thing when you have two. Like my oldest has done sleepovers before, but then we always have the youngest so mm-hmm. with us. But – a couple times this has happened in recent memory where you have all that magical night, which is, you know, some a lot pretty doable with like a, a standard babysitter also For sometimes. Sure. Um, it, number one rule is I'm never coming home before my kids are in bed. No, like I don't no. care how late they stay up. Just make sure they're in bed before I We'll like home. text sometimes yes. or we'll like just drive around. Just confirm. We're so tired. We're like headed yeah. home at 830. We're like, there's a chance. She'll exactly. still be awake. <laughs> we need to make sure. But, but then when you wake up in the morning and there's – and you could like go to brunch mm-hmm. or not talk to anybody. Have coffee hours. in bed, read, yeah. <laughs> like keep that. Sleeping. That's next level. Yeah. It really um, is. Time. It so. feels so good. And I think people should do things that feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Absolutely. And I, I feel guilty some. Ryan, apparently, I asked him on the drive down, never feels guilty. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel guilty some because it's like I feel so good with. 
I feel so good when she's not there. (laughs) But it's, I mean, it's because it's nice not to have all that responsibility and to you need that break every you know, once in a while. It makes just your to brain turn off. Yeah. And um I like to tell myself that she's going to grow up. She's going to like keep getting further and further away from my control and make her own friends and create her own world. And right now I can control her like initial foraging into that life. And so I when I send her to my in-laws or my parents or I have a really wonderful babysitter over I'm those are her first friendships and like other people she's trusting and it's our chance to teach our kids who who would be great to make friends with you know because like my in-laws and my parents are amazing funny kind people and if she bases her future friendships off of them then she's doing really well or and the babysitters that we have while we were taking a break from staying over at my in-laws we had a lot of babysitters because we just need it we have to have a little time to think. Right. Um, and I think it's important for your kids to see you and your partner take that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're important to each other too. Everything's not about you. You know what I mean? Because we had a date night a couple weeks ago where the kids spent the night out at my dad's house. And on the way, uh, as I drove him out there, I said, what do you think mommy and daddy are going to do tonight, you know, while you're gone or something? And I mean, the truth is we were going to like eat Chinese food on the couch and watch a movie. <laughs> Because that's how exciting we are. But he uh, he was just – and then he kept naming off all these sort of, like, kid things. I was like, yeah, we're not going to play with your Legos. <laughs> like, it's not – we're not going to watch Peter Rabbit again. It's, it's okay. Don't worry. But, I mean, it was just cute to, like – he he was understanding. Like, we're going to go yeah. and, like, eat our own dinner. We're going to eat something you don't like so we don't have to listen. You know, it's just, like – I think it's yeah. good for them to see that, too. Um, that behavior kind of get modeled. And, again, just kind of know – the world doesn't revolve around them a little bit. Is that yeah, bad? Is sure. that no, no, it's not. They're going to leave us someday. Yeah. I love her so much. She's so sweet and smart and beautiful and perfect. And I just really, really love her. And if I don't no. get away from her and break the spell some, I'll be a <laughs> huge mess yeah. by the time she goes to college or by the time she's like in middle school and doesn't want to hang out with me. So I need to like Wise keep some stuff to myself because yeah. yes. she's so great. You see, I love to, you're like, you're so in love with like your, your child and your husband, like your Instagram, you're always like gushing. And I'm like, can you give me a real talk Instagram post where you're like, oh, I got real mad at her for cutting the flowers short. Oh, and yeah. then, no, I'm just kidding. No, and it's, she no, screams a lot. Yeah. She screams a lot. I would say every post on Instagram, there was probably something horrible that happened before right. it. And I needed to like meditate on like something wonderful. And here, see, that's what I feel like too. There's a little bit, you know, it, there's this, there's sort of two things about that. It's like, you took the good out of that moment. And, and that's what I, tr- you know, sometimes mine are like sarcastic and funny. And it's like, this looks really pretty, but here's the here's the thing that happened before mm-hmm. that. But I love your approach to it, too, where you're like, I'm, I'm going to sort of, you know, not forget about the screaming, but just, you know, take take the beauty out of that moment. That's how I feel a lot. I mean, you hear a lot about people. I mean, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but you hear a lot of this like, don't believe everything you see on social media. And and I guess I, when I hear stuff like that, I'm just always like, I don't know that it's mine to believe or not believe. Like if somebody's pr- pr- putting something out there, like I for sure, you know, shared 
failure moments in yeah. my life. We all have. Um, but if like a lot of times too, I'll capture something because I'll be like, I really want Facebook three years from now to remind me of this moment. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I mean? Because it was sweet and not because I needed everyone to think something was so wonderful, right. but just because – Maybe back to this like manifesting, vision boarding, whatever. When you have good moments, I don't think there's anything wrong with putting out into the world like right. good stuff mm-hmm. because um, – and of course, being honest right. is important too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I It's funny you say that because I've, I've thought about some of that before, you know, like reflecting. You know, you see those people that are like, this is what – my body looks like on Instagram, but here's what it really looks like in real life. And, and I mean, I don't begrudge anyone who does that either. I'm just saying like, but you know, if wanting to do something and project something is part of your journey and if that also helps somebody else and like, I don't know, I guess I just don't see that that's a bad thing either. Maybe you're not even projecting. You're just like you said, saving it for yourself for later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, I hear that and I try to say some things that are like, well, and some of it's you know, personality too. Like I know <laughs> because you're, you're just, uh, sarcastic. I am. <laughs> I mean, for real. And I know you're sitting around <laughs> thinking these sweet, dreamy thoughts about your child and well, your I, husband. And I'm just not, <laughs> I don't want to come across sounding really sad and dramatic either. Sometimes yeah. I have those thoughts. I just don't. Yeah. It's like, I weigh whether that's something I want to discuss with the masses. Maybe I don't want to hear what anyone else has to say about that right. to me, and I'd rather tell it to my friends. Exactly. Um, I think my good friends can tell. They'll read between the lines and be like, right. she's sad today, and her daughter <laughs> is bugging the hell out of her. Yes. And, like, they're like tiny white flags in my words. Um, and but I think you just have to be in that. To know you at that level, to know that. Right, I I think that's great. Before we had Harriet, Ryan and I weren't sure if we were going to have children. And I kept asking people, and some people reacted really poorly to it. Like, why? I kept asking, why do you have children? Like, why? (laughs) Why? I wanted to know why people have children. I mean, there are a lot of good, a lot of reasons, but I couldn't really figure out. Like, I think. I think we did because we were just so curious what would happen, <laughs> yeah. what she would be like, yeah. um, and what we would be like as parents. And we are both deeply loving people, so I figured there's no way we wouldn't be good parents. Right. And so I think curiosity got the best of us. But now I think um, – this comes back to, to Instagram. I think that a lot of what I'm, like, posting is, like, me understanding why people have kids mm-hmm. because, like – you see what every other human goes through when you have a child. I look at her and she's learning something. And I think like that awful guy in the grocery store line was once a baby that learned to use his spoon. <laughs> and somehow that just makes me want to be nicer to him. Right. You know, or at least I've got something to like shove in his face. Like you were a baby once. <laughs> it's. It's just so interesting. <laughs> it's so interesting to mm-hmm. see like the human experience. It is, and it's it's like you do all of your thinking about like what your parents did with you with your kids. It has given me a whole lot, a whole lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of perspective, perspective there. It's very sweet, and I'm I'm like a perfectionist, and so I thought I would be a very anxious mom. And not to say that I'm not, but I think that like you can't 
parenting is such a big, huge thing that there's no way you can be perfect. Mm -hmm. And that somehow is a relaxing thought for me Yeah, where I'm like, I can't. There's no way to even know if I'm doing it right. Right. I like to think of all the ways (laughs) – this is going to sound judgy, but um, like that the generations before us screwed it up in the way way that we think about it, right? Like Mm -hmm. smoking while you're pregnant. Do it. Whatever the thing is that we now know is not a good Mm -hmm. idea. Right. Um, And yet there's something for me very beautiful about like – and and the world keeps spinning, right. like, and mm-hmm. we all roll on. And that's not to say that people haven't made choices that have had really bad consequences. But I'm just saying, like, the things that we get so fixated on at a micro level, when I think about, like, the humanity of, like, just our history and everything at a macro level, that's what gives me my, like... I got it's this. Be fun. You know, yeah. and p- other people I think find that overwhelming. Like that's so I think it's just it depends on like where your mindset is or whatever, but for me thinking big actually helps me release small if that makes oh, sense. Oh, no, me too. Totally. For sure. So well, anyway, deep I thoughts. Deep, I know closing on deep thoughts with Claire, Ashley, and Thank Sarah. you for spending time with us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We talk about children and humanity <laughs> and flowers. Yeah. <laughs> love it. This has been awesome, you guys. This episode's going to be so long, and I don't even care because I love it so much. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. Thanks, Ashley. Oh, thanks, ladies, for having me. I'm excited about this. Yay. We'll talk to you later. Bye. What did the banana say to the dog? Nothing, because bananas can't talk.